Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of The Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Stephen, we've made it to Episode 9. 9. Episode 9 of Season 2. You know, we're really kind of coming into our own now. This is, you know... The Amen Corner has a brand. Wait, coming into our own what? (laughs) What does that actually mean? It means you're... I don't, I don't know, know. Coming into your own. It means you're becoming more you, but, you know, a less mature version of us would say something like, you've been coming into your own hand oh. for a while. Oh. <laughs> for, a, for a long, long <laughs> while. <laughs> but we've, we've turned over a new leaf here at the Amen Corner, and we're not going to use that joke Exactly. Anymore. We're not using that. We're, we're growing up. We're growing up here on the uh, main corner. We're a little less that, immature. No. <laughs> it's the immaturity that... It's that, it's that impishness that gives us our... Charm. That, uh, yeah, that's what our audience has come to love and expect from <laughs> us. And I think that we would be remiss if we don't continue to give that to them. Uh, okay. I mean, how many mature adults talk about Van Halen? <laughs> Not too many. By the way... No. It was recently yes. Sammy Hagar's birthday, and he was actually uh, hoping on. that on his birthday there For would be reunion? some sort of reconciliation between him and the Van Halen brothers, so that they could get together and and re- and have a like a Van Hagar reunion. But apparently, is it a special birthday? I think it was, it was probably his sixtieth. And wow. uh, and they were he was hoping for a Van Hagar reunion, and they uh, they rebuffed his overtures. I, let me just congratulate them for buffing his overtures. <laughs> well, you, like w- this would be an actually a pretty good tour. They go out with Diamond Dave and Sammy because, like I said, there's a couple of songs on Fifty One Fifty that are pretty good, like like the okay, song Fifty One Fifty. But yeah, I don't think there's a, there's a stadium large enough to contain all of those egos <laughs> at the same time. That is true. When I saw so, them, who would who would go first? Who would go last? Who would do the encores? Like when when yeah. Lauren and I saw them in yeah. April, was it April twenty twelve at in DC? There were like so there were three tour buses. There was one for for Eddie and Wolfie, one for Alex, yeah. and one for Dave. Like they didn't even want to be on the same buses with each other. Yeah. What a bunch of meanies Listen, to each other. They're, they're not nice. They're not good people. They, they make, make great music. music. They're never nice to each other. They were always, you know, hopped up on whatever right. drug or alcohol of the moment. Um, Eddie's a genius. He is. He's and, like an idiot uh, savant. And that all he wants to do is, like, sit in his basement and play music. Alex, to yeah, me, sounds like he was the biggest jerk of them all. And Dave's just an egomaniac. Although Dave's been out there, well, that's it. Dave's been out there more than more than anybody. I, I watched that video of him uh, singing, uh, ain't talking about love with uh, with Dave Grohl and the guys from Foo Fighters, which was pretty cool, honestly. To be honest with you, but was it better than the video of him singing uh, California Girl <laughs> from 1985? <laughs> oh my God, that was terrible. <laughs> That was such a that was like a low uh, yeah. period in my life. 
the yeah. Van Halen had broken up. Dave was out on his own making horrible music. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. That wasn't good. No, but Not good. Looking back on it, that wasn't as bad yeah. as as the current era. Of what? Just I'm telling you, man. I have been I've been traveling. First of all, I can't, you can't get from point A to point B easily anymore, at least on the East Coast. It's just horrible. It's well, if you have a car. No, no, I was on. I went up to. I went up to Poughkeepsie. I gave a. I gave a book talk at Vassar, and it was very yeah, nice. Sponsored your, your alma, my alma, your mater. alma mater. Just give a shout. Give out a to shout Vassar. out to Vassar College. Um, sponsored yeah. by Vassar's history department, uh, the Bard program on global international affairs, and the Mid Hudson Valley World Affairs Council. It was really nice. I gave the talk in this. And plus. Plus the international BDS movement. <laughs> no, there were no BDS <laughs> questions, actually. Nobody was there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gave it I in had, a lecture like, hall like that I spent that. a lot of time in. Anyway, I had to take yeah. I had to take Amtrak to New York City, change trains, yeah. and then get on another Amtrak train to Poughkeepsie. And how, how long, in theory, should this trip take? Well, I mean, just think about it. You can go from, I think, Shanghai to Beijing which is the distance about from New York, from uh, Boston to Washington in about four yeah. hours. Okay. From D.C. to New York, it's about three yeah. hours. And then yeah. I had to wait around 40 minutes for another train. And that yeah. took an hour and a half, Dipsy. but it was 15 minutes late. And I said to the, and I had a, I was having a meeting at Vassar before my talk. Yeah. And I said to the conductor, I was like, you guys like, 15 minutes late, like, how hard can it be, right? It's like, 50, that's all we are today? And then on the way back, the next morning, the train... Wait, so it took you, it took you, you got there 15 minutes late, later than you expected? Yeah, so all told, it took that's five so hours. Bad. It took five hours to okay, get... Okay, that's not, that's not terrible. But it took five hours to go from D.C. to Poughkeepsie. That should, I mean, if you can go in China from the distance from Boston to New York in four hours... It's crazy. Yeah, but listen, yeah, but but there's no direct way from D.C. to Poughkeepsie, okay, fine. and you have to go through New York. Imagine how long it takes in this country to get from, let's do Boston to D.C. It takes yeah. probably six and a half hours on the fast Acela. Right. It takes, you know, it, it, that's just too long. It's just crazy. And then, wait, so on the way back, on the way back from Poughkeepsie, the train... From Poughkeepsie to New York City, 40 minutes late. And then the train yeah. from New York to D.C., 40 minutes late. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's your problem right there. The problem wasn't the way up there. The way up was, was relatively way okay. The way back was... Yeah. Then I had to go back up to... Back. I had to go back up to New York on Thursday night because I had a meeting at CFR on Friday morning. I was on the 10 o'clock flight from National... To LaGuardia, the plane right. didn't leave till eleven. It was exactly yeah. as advertised—a thirty-six-minute flight. Uh, and then I got to LaGuardia. You can't get an Uber at that time because no one wants to come out to LaGuardia because they're reconstructing the entire airport. Right. So no, you know. Right. So I got on the taxi line, which was thirty-five minutes long. And then once I was in the taxi, yeah. it took like twenty minutes to get out of the airport because they're doing construction twenty-four-seven. The so they're like closing late. I mean, it was. 
I was so my quality of life yeah, at that moment was so low. What? LaGuardia's been a nightmare for like six months now, maybe more, since they started the reconstruction project. Right. But, you know, going back to the train thing, it's like, well, we don't want to spend any money on infrastructure in this country. Yeah, of course. So if we can't improve our infrastructure, we're never going to, this is never going to get better. Right. And how can we improve our infrastructure when all we do is talk about cutting Ta- taxes right. exactly. as opposed to actually... Who's supposed to pay for stuff? How are, how is a country supposed to uh, improve its infrastructure to meet the needs of the 21st century? Can't. You can't. You absolutely can't. How about the, just? I live 14 miles from my office. I got in the car the other day. It was going to take me an hour and 10 minutes to get home because we just crumbling roads. Bad. The metro system is unreliable. It's terrible. So, but all we want to do is we want to cut taxes. By the way, everybody in who is upper middle class, get ready for their tax increase. Tax increase. Yeah, this tax cut is only for the people at the top and for corporations. Exactly. And the whole trickle and the whole trickle down theory of economics has been proven time and time again to be a bunch of nonsense. As actually HW pointed out forty years ago. Right. This has never been proven to work at all. Ever. Exactly. Voodoo economics. Yeah, yet somehow there are people out there who still believe that this is in their best interest. It's the only people for whom this is in their best interest are the people at the tip top of the pyramid. Right. Which coincidentally includes the Trump family. Huh, what a shock. They're actually going to do better with, under this new tax plan. Who, does, who would have seen that coming? Yeah. Not us. Not us. I never would have imagined. I I could never have imagined something like that happening. Oh my god! And then they just have the stones to get up in front of us and lie. Completely, like just totally just lie. lie. And 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 we're just sitting there and listening to it and saying, no, this can't be true. Yeah. And it's not true. But they just tell us lies, and they expect that nobody's going to call I mean, them on it. And you know what? For the most part, nobody does I know, call like, them on it. Here's like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Just you know, Ugh. you know, Sean Spicer would get up there, and he'd be he'd be like a deer in the headlights. He'd be like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I better say something. I better lie about something. Otherwise, Trump's gonna get mad at me." And then like some nonsense would come out of his mouth. He he couldn't get a word in edgewise. I mean, he could get a word in edgewise. Sorry, he couldn't get a word out that was intelligible. Um, but she kind of strides out there uh, and, you know, just lies. Lies, yeah. Like, she's without a any kind of like... She has no soul. She, she has, has no, no soul. soul. You're right. You're right. She, has, she, she pretends to be this pious Christian soccer mom. She has no soul. It's she will lie. I mean, she'll tell you what you've heard, you didn't hear. This is straight out of, you know, 1984. Right. Right. Don't believe don't believe your ears, don't believe your eyes, believe what I'm telling I, and, you because I'm telling you the truth. I mean, and it, you know with the I mean, and this has been going on for a while. I mean, you talk to people who cover the White House and the media and they say, you know, the one advantage that you have that Sanders has over Spicer is that she can put two sentences together. But the problem is that she can put two sentences together and lie, and those lies are picked up by the right-wing media, and it becomes this echo chamber. So 
all of these people who still support the president. And, and could you believe that there are still people who support the president? Believe that, almost, almost believe that they're getting a tax cut, $4,000 a person. I, I was, And it's not just Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I was coming home the other day. I was in my hour and 10 minute commute. And I was I was listening to NPR. Yes, I live in Washington. I was listening to NPR and um, Marketplace. You're such a liberal. I know. Such a liberal. Cook. I'm a liberal cuck. And uh, Kai Rizdal was was interviewing Kevin Hassett. Kai Rizdal is a, is a great name. It is a, you, know, do you, you have to have like a weird name to work in NPR. You do. Steve Inskeep. Steve Inskeep. I mean, okay, forget that. Forget, forget David Green. But there's some like weird names. Of people, I think Kai Rizdal is definitely up there. Actually. Anyway, Kai seems think, like a pretty cool yeah. dude. Um, anyway, I actually he interviewed he, me once. I, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, so Kevin Hassert, who's the chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, was on talking about the tax cut, and he was just lying, and he was he absolutely rejecting the academic studies that said that this corporate tax cut will mean that wages will go up because that's the argument that they're right. making. That's, that's, the, that's the linkage that they're making to, uh, to blue-collar workers, that this, corp, this massive corporate tax cut from 35 to 20% yeah. is going to then turn around, companies are going to then turn around and increase wages. And, right. which, so Kai said, you know, you can point to a number of studies that say that, but I can point to a number of other studies that say that's not the case. And just at an anecdotal level, when you ask CEOs, does this mean wages are going to rise? They say, no, we're going to do something else with that money. Right, exactly. You know? They're never going to pay the workers more. No, 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 I mean, no, no. On, no. So it's, it's absurd. And then he said, so where do you get that number? So what do you say? Where do you get that number? And so then Rizal says, well, where do you get that number? Four thousand. Everybody's getting a $4,000 tax cut. And Hassett's like, well, he's dodging and reading. He's like, well, they're – they're, those, they're wrong. The other academic studies that argue that's not yeah. the case are wrong. They're saying that may, they're, they're saying I'm at the conservative end of the spectrum and I'm saying it's $4,000. It could be more. There are some studies that say it's $11,000. But the people who are saying I'm wrong are saying, well, maybe people will only get a $1,000 tax cut. Well, that's a lot. Well, but if... It, 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 the math doesn't work. The math doesn't work, and so I think that it's pretty clear that um, they're spinning a tale that there's going to be uh, that there's going to be all kinds of tax cuts and wage increases. Look, this is, and it's all this, this assumption is of like crazy blow is, the doors off economic growth, which we haven't had in a long time. But, but they just lie. No, this is this is crony capitalism mm-hmm. and it's worst. I mean, to say one thing, they're lying about the fact that, that they say that we're the highest tax country in the world, which is by far, it's so far from, from true, true. right. And even, and, and even if you say, well, the tax rate for businesses is 35%, but that's not what businesses actually pay. There's so many loopholes that a lot of businesses, a lot of the huge companies, they pay zero in taxes. So they're not closing any of these loopholes. No, none of these companies, are, none of these companies are going to pay. Right. You know, anywhere near. So what in order to make tax, in order to make the math work, up. they're going to take they're going to take from increase, people like us, people who live in blue states, who yeah. and blue states that are generally higher tax states, and we won't be able to write off all of our you know 
exactly state and local taxes. We won't be able. You know, there's all kinds of things that we want to look. I'm all for getting rid of loopholes and special and breaks for special interests. If everybody pays their fair share, if the wealthy are paying their fair share, I'm happy to pay my fair share. They're never paying their fair share. This is, I mean, again, this, the the wealthy are not paying their their fair share now. They're going to be paying even less. Exactly. So take those, take that away from me. Fine. If you're going to take away from, if you're going to take away my, you know, ability to write off my, my state and local taxes or the in, the interest rate on my student loan, you know, the interest payments on my student loans, or the interest payment on my mortgage, which I think the I think the realtors are going to kill. But whatever, these are things that are proposals. Or or the or the originally in the proposal was to drastically reduce the tax free income you could contribute to your four hundred one k plan. Because right. we don't want people to save in this country. So what they were doing is they were actually. You then you, you you pay the taxes later on on your distributions from that. So it's right. all this way. So it was just gimmicks. It's just total gimmicks. But take all of those things away. I'm fine. But then you're going to have to jack up in order to make it me satisfied with this. If I'm going to lose all these tax breaks, then the super wealthy are going to have to start paying more than whatever. What's what's their bracket? Thirty nine percent. 40, 50, yeah. you know, 45, 50%. But that's not, but that's not no, going to happen. No, of course not. That's just not going to happen. You know, what this is really, the thing that galls me the most is that whether it's true or not, there used to be this belief that this was essentially a fair right. system, we were, that we lived in a fair And there country. were things I that mean, were for the good that, of the country. Well, that's what, I, again, this is not always true. A lot of this is a myth. Because it wasn't fair for everybody. But there was certainly this notion that this country was built on, at least for white people, fairness. They've gotten rid of that. There's no pretense anymore. Nobody's pretending that this country is fair and that the outcomes are fair. This is a rigged game. And now the cynicism has gotten to the point where everybody now sees it. That being said, there's still nearly 40% of the people in this country... Think he's doing a good job. Yeah. His approval rating, they talk about how low it is, and it's the lowest in recorded history uh, since they've started polling. Right. But there's still 38% of people who, like he said, he could go on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and they'll still support him. Right. So it's, and I, I mean, why? And how is this now, Is this just Fox how? News? Because is this just Fox News? In this part of it, the other part is, and I told you this earlier, I wrote you this earlier this week. There are there's 38 percent of the country that hates us more than they love this country. Right. The, their hatred for everything that we stand for is so great that they're willing to destroy the country in order to hurt us. Right. And I think that's I think that's what it boils down to because their vision of what America should be is so far removed from what ours is. I mean, we want inclusiveness and diversity and equality of opportunity and equality, period. They want a white majority. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that they're all racist, but they all seem, many of them seem to want to continue to benefit from white privilege at the expense of everybody else. They don't, they somehow feel that they're under siege. 
somehow their values are under siege. Do we? When 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 did patriotism? When did American patriotism come to embrace the South and the, and the Confederacy so wholeheartedly? Right. Like this is essentially what we're fighting against, and it's not geographically distributed. Although there there are geographic pockets of this, but there are people in solidly northern states that fly the Confederate stars and bars out of solidarity with some who God only knows what. Right. You know, they, they they do not believe in the America that we believe in, and their vision of America is actually much closer to that of the Confederacy. Right. So I don't think it's hyperbole to say that we're in the midst of a low-level civil war. Yeah, I mean, well, here's, here's the thing I was thinking about yesterday. I, I, was reading, I was reading the business section of the Washington Post, which, because of the way the newspaper business has gone, is now all two pages rather than being a business, actual business section. The jobs report was really good. It was like 261,000 new jobs. We are approaching right. full employment. Okay, wages yeah. have not have not kept up. That's Thanks. certainly true. Can you? But all things being equal, given where we've been, we're in this kind of yeah. eight year recovery where things are going really yeah. well. Can you imagine yeah. if things were bad? If things were actually well, bad for white right. males? Right. <laughs> But they are bad for white but males. But I mean, they are because come on, because you can have power, a, you, we're, power, clo- we're we're approaching full employment. Okay, let's just for a second let's step back because the employment levels are not that much different than they were two years ago or a year ago when Obama was president. And what did the right wing tell us about the employment numbers every time somebody on the left pulled out good employment data? What did they tell us? They would say, this doesn't include the number of people who no longer are looking for jobs. And these numbers aren't really reliable right. anyway. So one, I guess the one argument is the numbers you know, work for Trump when they're in his favor. They don't work for him when he's not in power. So, th- so that's one thing. Two, there's some truth to the fact that uh, I think the more important thing to look at is not an employment rate, but it's wages. It's wages and, you know, what the jobs are. Right. So if you're working full-time or close to full-time and you are now, you have a job, that's great. But what if you're working in a place like Walmart where you're not making yeah, a living wage? I know. I, and, and, and your health benefits are non-existent. So the numbers... But you're... But yes, those... But, we have but low, why we have are you... But, but here's the thing. Why then turn around and vote for Donald Trump? Because he he and and the party he purports to be part of, which we yeah. know he's not, although they have there is a, a, a confluence of interests between them. Um, yeah, are want to push down wages. Remember, his first pick for the Secretary of Labor was the was the Hardy's uh, was the Hardy's guy. And he, you know, this guy was vehemently opposed to a fifteen dollar wage to, and wanted to bust to wage the wage and, and right because because and, and then of course health care. I mean, the, 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 like this has been you know a decade of them wanting things, to take health care away from people. I just don't understand what the white man who's so angry. Okay, you're right. 
wages have been stagnant. That's the biggest issue. But then the people that they want to, the people that they're voting for, want to do more damage to them. Is it just about but guns? The, Honestly, I was gonna, it, I, you know what? They're having they're having the wool pulled over their eyes. Mm. That's really what this is. This is just you know a bunch of charlatans who are fooling. Uh, blue-collar or formerly blue-collar workers into thinking that they have their best interests at heart it's, because they really don't. It's, but, they really but don't. But then I don't, then I don't feel bad for these guys. About. If they're so but stupid, you know they can't believe it. Them. I don't feel bad for them either because of who they voted right. for. And look, you and I talked about this even a year ago on the MN Corner before the election and even before the MN Corner existed. Bernie Sanders There was a Donald time Trump before the MN Corner existed? I know it's, it's hard, hard to imagine, imagine. Wow. but it was just it was just saved. You know, the, these discussions were just our private <laughs> private talk time. We were depriving but the Bernie country. Bernie Sanders, it's true. But Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump tapped into the same anger. Yeah. The difference is that Trump never had any interest in solving the problems right. for right. for people who are angry. Right. He just had an interest in using right. that anger to turn it against the establishment. Right. So if in the interest it, of mean, nothing, really he has no he has no genuine in the, in interest. He has interest. an interest only in he himself. He has an interest in, in enriching himself right. and his family, right. and probably to a lesser extent his family, because he's so narcissistic right. that he's really only interested in enriching himself. Right. And if his family benefits as a result, well, that only you know is better for right. him. So it's really he doesn't care about American workers. Right. He's never hired right. an American right, worker. Right, right. All of his all of his stuff that is manufactured is manufactured out of the right. country. All of Ivanka's shoes are manufactured out of the country. Her, you know, they're all produced in sweatshops in China and Vietnam and in other places. I mean, seriously, they don't care about American workers. Right. They just want to exploit the fears of the American worker. I mean, this is nothing. I know. This is pure pure demagoguery. But it scares me that imagine we had this problem with wages and problems with employment. I mean, there'd be, yeah. there'd be more violence than there is now. And there's violence. Yeah, but there'd be more anger, but there's more anger directed at quote unquote, the establishment. Right. So if you feel that the, the rules of the game are rigged against you and you hate the establishment, well, Donald Trump's your right. man because he's sticking his finger in the eye of the establishment. So every time he points out, you know, he says that somebody's an idiot or that somebody doesn't know what they're talking about or that, the you know, needs to drain the swamp. You're saying, hell yeah. Right. And you still say it. And if when he when his agenda explodes in his face and in all of our faces, you know what they're going to say? Lock up Hillary Clinton. It wasn't his it wasn't his fault. Right. It was the entrenched interest well, that he was fighting against. I have to say, and they're so is, strong that even he couldn't right, defeat this them. Is, that's very, it's very Turkish. It's very Erdogan-esque. It's, but, but for, for years now, Erdogan and his supporters have been setting things up so that when bad things happen in Turkey, they are absolved of them. So, you know, blaming the interest rate lobby, blaming the United States, the CIA, you know, these kind of conspiracy theories. And it's the same kind of pathology yep. here. Um, and again, it scares me more and more because we're those, that small minority of people who own like 50 percent of the guns. I was in a I was coming back to the office after my Antrac Odyssey the other day and 
the taxi pulls up next to a guy on Constitution Avenue in a pickup truck. And in the back of his pickup truck along the, the window of the cab is a, is a decal sticker of all different kinds of guns. The AR-15, handguns, this gun, that gun. I was like, Jesus, this is something that is so important to him. And, and this is a guy who like needs to flaunt, you know, and there's pretty serious gun control, although the Republicans are eviscerating gun control laws in, in D.C., um, because they have oversight, but I mean, this is these. This guy seemed to me like someone who's going to be willing to use it in 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 ways uh, not for hunting deer. Um, this was like you know this kind of thing. Putting these pictures of gun is basically like a warning, a threat to people. Yeah, well, that's what it is. They're threatening people, and they don't give a shit. It's fucked that, up. Why? You're, you're absolutely right. Why would you highlight the guns, your guns of choice? Yeah. You know, it's like you, you're putting up, like, posters of your favorite athletes in your bedroom when you're a kid. <laughs> right? Because you want to be like right. them. You want to, you, you worship them. Right. So this guy worships guns, and he is show, he's telling you, like you said, Im, there's an implicit threat yeah. there. It was an imp- if, and it's the same. It's the same as when you show up to a rally with a gun right. over your arm. Yeah. There's an implicit threat there. Yes, you're within your right to do that. But in on what level do you think that a civilized in a civilized society you should be bringing a gun to uh, to to a rally? It's well, like where does that happen? Where does that happen? They've convinced themselves of this stuff after what happened in New York with this terrorist attack, and all these yokels who've never spent any time in New York other than to you know like come Christmas time and look at the freaking tree or abuse uh, if that that, um, you know who like to abuse New York said, oh well, if New Yorkers just had guns. Uh, that guy yeah. wouldn't have gotten two steps. Well, first of all, he didn't That's, get very far. There were four cops right, right there. Uh, and, and, I don't and think, can you imagine I don't a, think shootout a shootout in Lower, in Lower Manhattan? Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the solution. But I will say, and I was not in the city uh, earlier this week when that when that attack took place. But when I came back to the city, you know what I felt? What? No diff- No <laughs> difference. Right. Because we went on with our right. lives. Right. And the city is a big and complicated place. And things that happen in down in lower Manhattan a few days before have very little right. impact on what's going well, on. Well, that's because you live in within 10 square Because you exist within 10 square blocks of where you live. That might be true. <laughs> there may be truth to that statement. But you know what? There was somebody put up like balloons and, and spelled out New York strong, right, right. and you know that's all that's nice and that's good and that's right. right. But, but honestly, but hold on, there was a it was Halloween the day that this attack right. took place was Halloween and the it, Halloween parade went on, right. in yeah in the village still happened yeah. I mean, and people still lived their on, lives on social media. People tried is, to like leverage this to like New York unbreakable, and it was like. Come on, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know what? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. But meanwhile, the the schmucks, this guy Brad Thor, he writes some stupid books. He's t- he's on social media saying, in Nashville, that guy wouldn't have gotten one block because everybody has a gun. Well, fuck, I'm not going to Nashville. Yeah, seriously. Jesus Christ. These people are total fucking 
idiot. Meanwhile, this is a guy, he's, he's like, uh, you know, I, I guess he's one of these, you know, I don't know, Confederate, Second Amendment, lunatic types. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I never heard of him until people were pointing out what he said. Yeah. Confederate wannabe. I don't know what he is, but, you know, it it just seems so stupid. So unbelievably yeah. stupid. Oh, and then, of course, you know, these people, they run, like I said, you know, they hate New York. They run against New York and the liberal media and the elites. His his Twitter profile is, makes a point of saying that he's a New York Times bestselling author. So Right. Well, I mean, again, you use things when they serve your right. purpose and you discard them when they don't. That guy's a jerk. But I will not. I, yeah. You know what? When people say, like, oh, I can't stand New York values and liberal blah, 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 they're basically saying they don't like Jewish yes, people. Yes, exactly. Let's just, let's just, yes, let's exactly. just call it's it what it is. It's anti-Semitic. Let's call it what it is. I actually – I have pointed yeah. that out to people uh, any number of times and I don't think – you know, outside of New York. In, in, in a place like Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and, and people don't even realize it, and it stops them in their tracks. I said, you know, people often say things about New York and New York values, and oh, they don't like New York and so on and so forth. But they're really talking about our Jews, because after all, it's yeah. the largest Jewish city in the world, I think. Still, and we do have, and we and we do have some impact on on the culture, the uh, character, and the character of the city. Right. We have the best locks and bagels <sighs> anywhere. Barney Period. Greengrass, the spa. Boom. All right. All right. That's it. Looks like we're out of time on the MN Corner this week. Wrap so, up uh, season cool. two, episode nine. We're, we're out. out.